Praise God, my brothers and sisters in Christ. As you know, we are continuing the I Am series. To me, who is Jesus? That's the question. We heard I am the bread of life. We heard I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. And today we will continue and hear the topic of I am the good shepherd. Jesus is committed to caring and watching over those who are his. And we are his. We are his sheep. He is our shepherd. Glory and praise and honor be to his name forever and ever. Amen. As Andre read earlier, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18, I will take a few verses, a few key verses. Chapter 10, verse 11. John chapter 10, verse 11 says these words. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And verse 14 also says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Praise God. As we saw this text and read this text earlier, what Andre read, there are a few key words through this passage that I would like you to underline and take notice of. Let's keep these words in mind. Sheep, shepherd, good shepherd, wolves, life, and cares. Now, keeping these key words in mind, let's think a little bit more broader the whole Bible in context. Now, who can you think of? What key figures can you think of in the Jewish tradition or in scripture that comes to mind key figures from the Jewish heritage? We think of King David, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the patriarchs. We think of Moses. We think of these key figures the Pharisees always, always reminded about them. And Scripture does too. And so looking at Scripture, keeping these key figures in mind and keeping those key words in mind, let us continue while keeping that in mind. From the beginning in the Bible, we have Abraham. We have the patriarchs, Isaac and Jacob. And then we have the 12 tribes. During this time, we have someone, or we read about someone named Joseph. Well, who was Joseph? Joseph was the one who was sold by his brothers to Egypt. We know the story. But there's something interesting here in the detail in the book of Genesis. Let's open up to Genesis chapter 43, verse 32. Again, that's Genesis chapter 43, verse 32. It says this, They served him by himself, and them by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews, for that is to the Egyptians. Well, when was this, and what was this story about? First of all, when Joseph was already made second in command in all of Egypt, his brothers came asking for food during the famine. Well, we, we remember the story and Joseph, being an Egyptian, didn't reveal himself to his brothers yet, had to sit separately from his brothers. Well, the Egyptians thought it was an abomination to be with the Hebrews. Why? Well, because the Hebrews dealt with sheep. 
They were shepherds. And the Egyptians, while they were more honorable, they didn't deal with sheep. They dealt with other animals and, and other careers. And so while they're distance here and having lunch, let's fast forward after Joseph revealed himself to his brothers and read the passage of Genesis 46, verses 28 through 24. That's 46, 28 through 34. Let's read this passage together. He had sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to show the way before him in Goshen. And they came into the land of Goshen. Then Joseph prepared his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, in Goshen. He presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Israel said to Joseph, Now let me die since I have seen your face and know that you are still alive. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and you will say to him, My brothers and my father's household who were in the land of Canaan, have come to me. And the men are shepherds, for they have been keepers of livestock, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. When Pharaoh calls you and you say, what is your occupation? And says, what is your occupation? You shall say, your servants have been keepers of livestock from our youth even until now, both we and our fathers, in order that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. And we'll pause there. Now, keeping this interesting fact in mind, Joseph told his family what to tell Pharaoh. And Pharaoh understood the customs of the Egyptians. And now the Hebrews knew the custom of the Egyptians and they weren't together because the Hebrews dealt with sheep. They were shepherds and that's what their job was. So this is from the beginning, from the beginning of Abraham who dealt with sheep, through the patriarchs who dealt with sheep, through Joseph, and it continues with sheep until who? Well, we see the story of Moses. Moses was an Egyptian. He grew up an Egyptian. For the first 40 years of his life, Moses was an Egyptian. Until came a certain point when he fled Egypt to save his own life. He thought that his brethren, the Israelites, the fellow Hebrews, would understand why he's there, but they didn't. And so he fled Egypt, running away into a desert. And what was his occupation for the next 40 years? A shepherd. It's very remarkable to think and see in Scripture that Moses disregarded the riches of Egypt. He wanted nothing to do with Egypt, nor the riches, nor the wisdom that Egypt had to offer. But he left it and took the most dishonorable position that the Egyptians thought of taking the position of a shepherd. And so for the next 40 years, Moses is in the desert watching sheep. He's walking with them. He's teaching. He's doing everything he can being as a shepherd and what shepherds must do. And that's the time when was his training. He trained there for his true calling to be the shepherd of the people of Israel to lead them out of Egypt. You know, when we look at this passage, what is Egypt now? 
and, and we are sheep, and do we, do we belong to Egypt? And if we were to become shepherds, do we want to stay in Egypt? Think, think of this example right now, and let's see if we can apply it. But in this time particular, when Moses is out in the desert, he's learning compassion. He's learning how to pray in solitude. There's no people around. He's learning how to fight beasts off from his flock, whether it's wolves or other animals. He has to safeguard them at night and stay awake and be steadfast on behalf of the flock that he's watching. And for 40 years, he does this in the desert until the time comes when his training passed, when God saw that it was good for him to take up the next position and go take the people of Israel out and be the shepherd for the next 40 years. Besides all that, that's when he sang, was a musician, and praised and worshipped God during that time. We know that he was a musician from some of the psalms that he wrote. Where do you think he learned that? I think he learned that in the desert when he was with God watching the sheep in solitude. That's an example for us. As we look at this picture of Moses, who else comes to mind? King David. Well, what did King David do? When we look at Scripture, King David was just a young man when he was watching the sheep. He fought bears. He fought lions. He possibly even fought wolves, but those weren't even mentioned because they have nothing in comparison with a bear because we know he stayed up at night watching the flock. You see, in King David, he not only took care of his flock against creatures and animals, but he, he carried his sheep when they were sick. He cared for them when they needed to be cared for. And in this time, that's when he prayed. That's when he learned how to play his instruments and he knew how to sing songs of praise because he learned that in solitude as well. And not only that, that's when he practiced how to shoot a sling which would also help him to defeat Goliath when the time came. He would stay up at night to protect the flock, yet with all this it was never even his own flock. It was his father's flock that he watched for. It was the family's flock. What a great lesson that is for maturity, for responsibility, for being responsible over what we're given charge of. And that too is very applicable in our time right now. And that starts with our own lives, in our own bedrooms, with our own habits, and everything that else comes into place in our own lives. Let's examine ourselves and think, what am I doing? If I was young, just as King David, while he practiced all those things in solitude and was responsible and mature, grew in God, learned of God's ways, grew in his heart, until came a point when his brothers were being passed along by the prophet Samuel and there was yet one left. And who was that? King David. And when Samuel asked, who else is missing? Do you have another one? They said, yes, David. He's somewhere over there watching the flock of sheep. And that's when he was brought forward and he was anointed. And that scripture says in 2 Samuel, you will shepherd my people Israel and you will become their ruler. Again, we see in Scripture from Genesis through 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings, this theme of being a shepherd, knowing how to watch flock of sheep, 
knowing how to care for them, how to lead them, how to protect them, how to discipline a flock of sheep if one of the sheep goes astray, so on and so forth. And King David knew from a very young age, he knew what it was to be a shepherd, and he knew what it was to be a sheep and what it's like to be a sheep as well. And that is why I believe one of the most famous passages in Scripture that was penned by King David, by the Holy Spirit who penned it through David, wrote Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then later on it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Why did King David say that the staff and the rod of Christ, the shepherd, comforts him? Because Christ, the good shepherd, when he is present, we need not to be afraid. And King David understood this at a young age. What a great passage that is to recite during the time right now that we live in. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Read Psalm chapter 23. And if you have time, memorize it, recite it, and pray while you're saying and reciting this. But as we continue through Scripture from Abraham patriarchs, through Moses, through King David, we see yet more examples. We continue into the prophets, the prophets of Isaiah, Jeremiah. And there's a few passages I would like to share with you from the prophet Jeremiah. If you open up to the book of Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, again that is Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, I will share four verses with you and we will compare and do somewhat of a T-chart and see what God is saying through Jeremiah concerning the shepherds. Chapter 3, verse 15, Jeremiah. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. This is what Christ is saying through Jeremiah. He will give them shepherds after his own heart. And Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 21, that is chapter 10, verse 21, says these words, For the shepherds are stupid and do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, they have not prospered, and all their flock is scattered. Again, for the shepherds are stupid and do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, they have not prospered and all their flock is scattered. And a few more passages. Jeremiah chapter 3 verses 1. Jeremiah 23 verses 1. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture declares the Lord. And verse 4, I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. Now we take these four verses, two of them are verses of stern warning and exactly what's going to happen. Woe to the shepherds who scatter the sheep. And two of the verses are promises. I will set over my people a shepherd. Well, what kind of shepherd? The one who will care for them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. What a promise. 
What a promise. And as we read Jeremiah and Isaiah and the other prophets, and they all mention shepherds, it is in regards to the leaders of Judah and Israel at that time. You see, when the Jewish leaders, when the leaders of Judah and Israel led the people astray to idol worship, to Baal worship, to abominations before the sight of God, God never took it lightly. He was angry with these shepherds and he said, I will deal with you. This is what he says right here. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. Because it is God's pasture. It is his flock. It is his sheep. What a warning it is to the shepherds right now in our time that we live in. The shepherds who are not doing so righteously, who are not leading the sheep of God, well, because God also speaks to them with a harsh warning. You see, and as we see scripture, you see these people from the time of Genesis all the way through the time of the prophets, the people, the Jews, they know exactly what a shepherd needs to be like. They know exactly what the flock is. They know exactly what sheep do. They know exactly what a good shepherd does. So knowing all this and looking through the Old Testament and going into the New Testament, it is to no surprise that Christ comes along and says the words, I am the good shepherd. And we see that all of Scripture from the beginning points towards this shepherd. And let's see what happens. He came, and he was born in the manger, and he was visited by shepherds themselves because he knew that at the Jewish heart, they were sheep and in need of a good shepherd. Let's read Matthew 2, 6. It says, Matthew chapter 2, verse 6. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. The Jews knew exactly what a shepherd did and what a shepherd was. And they were familiar with the shepherd and the dealings with sheep. And so when Jesus spoke the words, I am the good shepherd, those who believed in Jesus Christ, they knew that that was the shepherd that King David spoke about. They knew that that was the good shepherd that Moses walked with. They knew that that was the good shepherd that the prophets prophesied concerning and Jesus concludes all of that and he says I am a good shepherd not just a shepherd but a good shepherd the shepherd that knows the condition of the flock the shepherd that speaks to the flock and the flock knows his voice the shepherd who sees that sheep go astray and takes his rod and he grabs it with his hook on the rod and brings him back to himself the shepherd that comes and takes that sheep out of the thicket out of the thorns and saves him that shepherd that sheep, he is that shepherd who takes that sheep who keeps running away and he breaks the, the limbs of that sheep and puts them on his back to discipline that sheep. It is that good shepherd who does and cares for his sheep and knows his flock. And knowing this, 
Knowing this, it is no wonder that Matthew was able to write in the Gospel of Matthew. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 9.36 And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Have you ever seen a flock of sheep without a shepherd. They don't go very well, and they don't last very long. And so, friends, let us remember that you and I, we are sheep, and we bleat, and we bleat, and we bleat some more. We bleat. We're nothing but sheep, my friends. And we have this herd mentality while we bleat. And we hit each other. And we walk into each other. And we fight sometimes with one another. And we follow one another. And then we look at other flocks of sheep and look down on them because they're in some other flock or in a different pasture. And then we bleat some more and bah, some more. And as we're bleeding, we look up. And who do we see? We follow the shepherd because we, sheep, don't know where to go by ourselves. We always need to be led in to that pasture where the pasture is good and green. And the good shepherd will bring us there. And the good shepherd will bring us by streams of living water. And as sheep, we get disciplined with his staff. And we get broken. And we get picked up. And we get carried. And at one point, we all go astray. You name it. You name it. What sheep do is what we have done. And we do sometimes. But we are the sheep of a good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Let us never forget that. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11, speaks of how within the church... There is a hierarchy. And let's remember, let's take our hand for this example. And as we're looking at our hand, we're going to look at five positions within the church that God has ordained. First appointed is the apostle. Why is the apostle the thumb? He's big. He's the the thicker one, the one who is very dominant. And on him is a lot of the teachings. And we know the apostles, the teachings that the apostles have written is what we rely on. And then next we have this finger. Well, what is this finger? This finger is the prophet. Why is this finger the prophet? Because the prophet points. Let's remember Nathan. You, David, are that man. That's the prophet. The prophet points. Now we take this middle finger, right? We're looking at this middle finger, and this is the evangelist. He's number three. Why is he the evangelist? Because he goes, as this finger is the the tallest finger, so the evangelist goes to the furthest points of the earth, evangelizing the good news of Jesus Christ. And then we have this finger. Well, this finger is just a finger. It's the shepherd. Or in other passages, it says the pastor. He knows his flock. He watches. He's in the middle of all of these. And then lastly, we have teacher. Teacher, because he gets into everyone's ears. That's the teacher. But we remember the shepherd. 
And scripture ordained pastors to be the shepherds within the flock. And as we look at this structure of a church, a pastor is the one who oversees the flock. He oversees it. He watches, knows the condition of the flock. He's the one who gets the couples married, goes to funeral services. He's at church counseling. He's in the heart and knows the heart of the people. But he gives everything to the good shepherd who's in charge of everything. And so he watches the sheep pen that was assigned to him by the good shepherd. First Peter chapter 5 gives clear instructions on how a shepherd of God's people must be like. And this passage, First Peter chapter 5, is specifically for the pastors. And there's a wonderful and great promise for the pastors in First Peter 5, 4. And it says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. This passage shows us that Jesus Christ is the chief past, the chief shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He is the chief shepherd as well. But right before, before that verse, in 1 Peter, if we open up to 1 Peter, we see this chapter 2, verse 25. Again, that's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. What a wonderful passage. Now, Scripture is clear. It doesn't hide or, or, or make us look any better. No, Scripture says as it was. We all like sheep have gone astray. Even Isaiah 53 says, they all have gone astray, each one to their own way. And, but then it says, but, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. It's wonderful to know that within the body of Christ, within the church, we have the pastor to go to. We listen to the teacher. We have the prophet, the evangelist, the teachings of the apostles, and yet we have the pastor. But above him is the chief pastor, the one who oversees the soul of the pastor above us and oversees our soul as well. And knowing this, because he is the chief shepherd, the good shepherd knows the condition of his flock. He knows you and me by name. He disciplines you and me according to our deeds and how we must be disciplined. He knows our heart. He knows where we've gone astray. He knew how to bring us back to himself. He knew how to draw us near to himself. He knows how to call us by our name because he knows our name and he wrote it on the palm of his hands when he hung on the cross because that's how much he knew you and me at a personal level. Isn't it wonderful to have Jesus Christ being the shepherd of our souls and having him being the shepherd of our souls we know and we can entrust our lives into his hand for absolutely everything and when we know this his rod is not a rod of judgment but it is a rod of comfort and the sign that he and his presence is always beside us 
leading us in green pastures beside the still waters. That's wonderful. Oh, praise God for his word. Praise God for his word. Knowing this, he will oversee us and our souls to the very end of our lives. Why? Because Jesus Christ is committed to care for you and care for me and watch over you and watch over me. And we see this in scripture that his word is true and he will look over us and watch us and see us and bring us into his glory because he is able to do it. And scripture says that because he is the good shepherd that no one will ever snatch us out of his hand. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus Christ. In Revelations chapter 7 verse 17, I want to end with this text. Chapter 7 verse 17 of Revelation says, For the Lamb in the midst of the throne, there will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, never ended being the good shepherd only here on earth. He's still the good shepherd there in the book of Revelations when we're with him. He will always be the good shepherd and always lead us into his pasture and into his flock. And he will always oversee and watch over us. And in this, we could take comfort. So let us ask ourselves the question, is Jesus Christ my shepherd right now? Is Jesus Christ the shepherd of my life tonight, today? Will he be my shepherd tomorrow and the rest of my days? Ask yourself this question. And if he is, praise God. You're a sheep. You belong to him. You are his flock and belong in his flock. And one day we will stand and he will call us with his voice because the sheep know the voice of a good shepherd. Last example I want to leave to you is this. When there's a flock of sheep and the stranger comes up and calls them and signals whatever sound he signals with his mouth, if he is a stranger, the sheep will never turn around and look at that stranger because they don't recognize that shepherd's voice. But the shepherd that is known by the flock, when he comes to the sheep and he calls them and he signals with his mouth and the voice comes out and the sheep are familiar with their shepherd's voice, they will look up and they will follow their shepherd because they know his voice. They trust him. Even though sheep sometimes are dumb and they have this herd mentality, they are smart in that, that they are able to distinguish their shepherd and the stranger, their shepherd and the hired hand. And knowing this, we are able to comfort in that, knowing that God's word is his voice. And he is the good shepherd that calls us and speaks to us. So let us submit ourselves, knowing his voice right now, let us never, never, never extinguish his voice when he speaks to us softly, but listen to his voice. Submit our lives and submit ourselves to the good shepherd, to the chief shepherd, the one who oversees and over, the overseer of our souls. So during this time, while we're bunkered in, read God's word. Know his voice. 
Grow closer to his voice that you may know him as a shepherd so that one day when we stand before him, we may know him and know his voice and be fully certain that we are in his pen. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Always remember this. Take courage in this. And the examples that we have in Scripture of Moses, David, learning how to worship and pray in solitude. Let's practice this during this time of quarantine. In your rooms, in your households, worship the Lord. Pray to Him and learn to know His voice because He will watch us and protect us to the end. Praise God. Let us stand for prayer and thank Him.